0: okay i think we are at that moment so we're going to get you to come back and grab a seat and settle in especially wherever you may be watching at home today fantastic and It is good to have you. I, I recognize they didn't say this earlier, but my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team. It is great to have you here today. Now, to do uh, the, the intro to what is going to happen this morning, I, I need you. I'm going to use you as my illustration, believe this or not. I'm about to do something that is going to need forgiveness, and so I am just asking up front for the forgiveness of it. But you're going to see what needs to take place and, and how this is going to roll out. And so, um, as I scan the crowd this morning, I've picked a couple that I want to just talk about for a second. So, Jim and Denise Huzzy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose you, actually, this morning. I'm going to have you stand, actually, right where you're at. And again, like I said, I'm asking your forgiveness already, because we did not talk about this beforehand. But this is what I want to say to you. I have been amazed at your faithfulness in serving God over your years. How you have served in unique and different ways has impacted not just this church, but our world in many different ways. Your serving and saying yes to Jesus matters. And I'm not putting you on the spot today to make you feel better about yourself, but to acknowledge the fact that you love Jesus and you served him. And I just think that you're an amazing couple for how you've served Jesus. Would everybody agree with me on that? I think it's amazing. But stay standing, because I now have a question for the rest of us. If anybody else in this room has been influenced by Jim and Denise Huzzy, I don't care what it is, but good. <laughs> Would you stand as well? I just want to see who else has been impacted by you. Okay. Interesting. Now, I want the rest of you to take another look around the room. Stay standing. Do you see someone who is standing right now who has influenced you as well? I don't care who it is now, but I need you to stand. If there is someone else in this room that has influenced you. Oh, interesting. And let's just do it one more time because it just feels really nice right now. (laughs) If you see someone else who is standing right now and they've influenced you and impacted you, would you stand as well? I just want you to take a look at this scene for a second. And not just because of the two of you, but what God did through you. Why don't you give yourselves all a round of applause for being influenced by some people. Why don't you have a seat as well? Our new series over this last month is focused on our vision, our value as a church, that we desire to be a people who will connect, grow, and serve. And we've talked about connect and grow, and today we're swinging into this other idea of serve because of this main theme, that God wants to do a new thing. He wants to do something in you, in connect, in grow and in serve. Next week, we're going to begin the deep dive into the book of Daniel as we begin to explore this young man who was taken to exile in a distant land. And I want to show us this one thing that the one place that Daniel probably did not want to serve was in Babylon. He did not want to serve his enemies. He did not want to be in their presence. Their stench probably disgusted him. He did not want to be there, and yet he was. But it shows us that in Daniel chapter 1, verses 5 and 19, these verses will be on the screen for you, it shows us that Daniel decided to serve and that he would enter into the royal service and after three years of indoctrination in Babylon, he was taken into the king's court to serve. Serving is important. Why do I use Jim and Denise as the example? Why are we going to talk about Daniel in this today for this one point? Serving carries influence. When you serve... It will carry incredible influence. Mark chapter 10 verse 45 shows us that Jesus came to this earth not to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life a ransom friend, everybody. How many of you would think that if Jesus did that, I should probably do the same thing? Does anybody agree with that? Three people. This is great. So for those of you that didn't stick up your hands, I want to read to you Galatians 6.3, which says this. If you think that you are too important to help somebody else, you need to get over yourself. So this idea here today is that serve really, really matters. And I do believe That serving carries influence. And Jim and Denise, you're the example in this church of what that looks like. And I could have used a lot of other people in this space today, and it would have that same effect. But serving Mm. carries influence. Daniel went into a foreign land, and he turned the king of a foreign nation who had many gods to acknowledge the one God. Mm. When you decide to serve, you have no hot clue how God is going to use you. To bring an influence in this nation, in this city, in this home, or in your neighborhood. To follow Jesus, it has everything to do with serving. So in this next season, I am asking this church family, how are you going to do that? And I think that there are two ways that I'm going to challenge you with as we're about to be challenged in a different way. I'm asking you to ask this one question of God. How will you, in this next season be able to serve internally and externally. I'm going to ask you, how can you serve somebody in this church, inside this building? And then I'm going to ask you, how are you going to be able to serve outside of this building? Internally, we know that Daniel served his friends inside. We saw that Daniel externally served outside in the king's court. But serving carries influence. And I want us to know that you can serve God in this way because God wants to use you. Mm -hmm. He wants to use you. He wants to do a new thing in you through your serving so that he could influence somebody for his kingdom today. Now, in order to do the rest of this morning, though, we've got our next champion on stage coming. And Pastor Josh is going to be lifting the serve element of what God wants to do in and through you. So this year internally, externally. What can he do? But he is ready because he's got really bright vest on, but colwood Church, let's welcome Pastor Josh to the stage this morning.
1: All right, I got my serving vest on. You guys ready for this? <laughs> Actually, I won't leave it on the whole time because the cameras are probably just freaking right out right now with these lights. But uh yeah, this this is a very good symbol of what serving looks like, I think, at the end of the day. We've had so many uh, major events over the last um, 12 months, and one of my favourite positions to watch people serve in is the parking lot. <laughs> and uh, I, I just got to say that there's 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 someone that has really blessed my heart, and, and I know Pastor Sean has already dropped some names here this morning, I'm going to keep dropping more names because we want to give honor to where honors do. And people that serve tend not to want to be recognized a lot of the time. But I want to just say that that Charles Bruneski, he was my favorite parking guy, for sure. He happens to also be serving... He's also serving on our, uh, on our Pro Presenter today doing our lyrics and media, so as things slide along, you'll see how he is serving as well. And if he messes up, it's because I've departed completely from my notes. So, so that's, that's how that works. I'll take this off now, so we just leave our, our... Thank you very much. There you go. You can keep that. Actually, no, that's mine from home, actually. But all right, so yeah, my name is Josh Anderson, and I am the serve pastor here at Colwood Church. I'm also the worship pastor as well, so I have a couple of different hats a lot of the time. But uh, what does this serve pastor position look like generally? I think at, at this point, it, it's about community engagement and, and the volunteer kind of coordination and finding opportunities for everybody to be serving in and championing. Championing. Try and say, Everybody say championing. See, it's not that easy. We're going to be, and it's my job to champion this whole uh, serve process. And so, basically, you know, connecting our church family with those opportunities that are out there to serve, not only in our church but also outside of the walls of our church. And and I want to just say that this is definitely a huge part of my heart as a believer. um, This whole concept of serving, and and uh, one of the things in my email signature is this little phrase, and uh, I get. The, some of the other folks here give me a hard time for this little phrase, but it's just—it's—it's it's serving them is serving him. Everybody say, "Serving them is serving him." Serving him. Serving him. Okay, I think you're on to it. You're on to it almost, anyway. <laughs> but this is a huge part of who I am: serving them is serving him, and it's a worship to to the Lord. But why don't we pray here before we dive in, and we'll welcome the Lord. God, you are so good, and we are so thankful. For, for the fact that you came to serve us. It's such, it's such a paradox, and it's such a miracle, Lord, that you would come as a servant. And so, Lord, I pray that you would lead us as we, pursue, as, as we proceed through this content here, Lord, this morning, and I pray that you would keep our hearts humble, keep my heart humble, Lord, as we, as we look at how it, what it means to serve and the importance of serving you and serving them. Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So who loves going to Costco or Superstore or Canadian Tire at Christmas time? Who just loves that? Yeah? No. Nobody I think it's there there's you I, I find myself doing this sometimes. I go to superstore and I and I go to pick up the five things that my wife told me about, and I come back towards the tills with the two things I remembered. And, and I come around the corner, and I look, and I see lineups, lineups, lineups. And I think to myself, I thought this was going to be a quick in and out. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. You know, you, you, you're, you're, you get to that point, and there's like this emotional reaction. It's like, oh, you're just a bit deflated. You know, it, and, and it just makes you frustrated sometimes. Sometimes I've seen people go on on Facebook or on social media and they actually complain about these stores that, why did they only have two lanes open when there was a thousand people lined up? You know, and it's easy for us to kind of get that emotional response, right? You know, and and one of the things that I've noticed about Walmart, how they've tried to solve this, as you know, is to install all of these self-checkouts, Right? And then you go on social media and you complain about the self-checkouts and how it's so impersonal and you feel like a, you know, cattle going through an auction mart. But one of the things that Walmart had recognized, that what if, you know, what if we just had 20 tails open without anyone being required to work at them? And they were like, we can put people through there so much quicker. But the downs, what is the downside of this? It becomes a very impersonal experience, right? It's very impersonal. And so, the first little point I want to make to you here is that when there's not enough workers, it hinders a healthy connection. We've been hearing a lot about this connect, grow, and serve piece. And, and when we have not enough workers here at the church, it does definitely hinder that, that connection, that healthy connection. Uh, you know, last, last week, our, uh, our daughter Natalie came home from school and, and she'd had a big bump on the head and And so the, you know, it was starting to show a little bump and everything, and so we wanted to make sure that we were watching her for signs of concussion, so because the teacher had come to us and said it was a pretty big bump on the head. So I was like, "Okay, great, so we'll keep, keep an eye on her and uh, And so she started showing signs of this concussion, and so she was really lethargic, and she was um, not feeling very well, she was a little bit dizzy and And so. My wife called 811, which is the nurse's line, and got some information. Was able to talk to a doctor at some length, and and said, "Yeah, those are normal symptoms. Those are normal things to watch for, and uh, just keep an eye out for more serious things." A couple hours later, Natalie woke up having gone to bed early, which never happens, and uh, and w- woke up throwing up, and uh, and so we were like, "Okay, maybe we should take her in," and so Caitlin put her in the car, and she trucked her down to the hospital and, and, uh, and waited a few hours to be seen. And uh, fortunately, it was only, I think it was only a couple hours that she had to wait uh, to be seen. And, and if you're familiar with ER wait times, that was a pretty quick trip. Fortunately, Natalie was able to come back home and they said, okay, yeah, these are still normal uh, symptoms and, and she's doing fine now. But... Um, we were concerned about that but and we thought well it it takes two or three hours to see a doctor and somebody else that i know went took their kid to the er as well this weekend and were informed fairly quickly that it was going to be a five or six hour wait and which which is just nuts and and sometimes i've heard as well that it can be 12 hours before you're able to be seen depending on the severity of your injury or your sickness and and so this is another thing that we might be able to go online and complain about and, and you know, is it the government or is it the health workers? Is it, is it a bad facility? You know, is it bad managerial skills? You know, and of course, we know that it's simply just a staff shortage. A staff shortage. And, and because when there are not enough workers, it hinders the care of people. When there's not enough workers, it hinders care of people. And that's true as well of our church here. You know, we just released all the kids to go downstairs and we, they are being discipled down there. And we, we just started a new, um, you know, grade 6, 7, I think it's grade 6, 7 or 5, 6 class um, to begin to disciple them as well. And, and that takes workers. But if you don't have those workers, it, it, it really hinders the care of people. We've been talking about these core values. We've been talking the last couple of weeks about these first two pieces, the the connect and the grow. Connect, grow, and serve. These two or these three metrics that Pastor Sean has introduced to us is how do you measure your spiritual health? How do you measure your spiritual growth? It's using these three values. So I wanna question I wanna ask you this question here this morning. Are you connecting? Are you growing? And are you serving? As you know, here at College Church, uh, each of these has a pastor that's specifically targeted on each of these values. And, and I don't think there's really any other churches that really do this. There's, there's positions at the church specifically targeted at pieces of their vision and their mission. And, and I, that's one of the things that really attracted me to this position last year when we joined the team. You know, and so with these connect and the grow pieces that, that Pastor James and, and, and Pastor Tyson Are they're they're the champions for, those are absolute critical uh, links in the chain for our spiritual health. But I believe that the serve step is really where the, the rubber meets the road. Serving is the demonstration and evidence of your growth. Serving is the outworking of growth. And God has designed it this way. God has made us for service. God has made us for service. He came as a servant himself. Pastor Sean already introduced us to that, that passage, and we're going to look at it here in a, in a second. And, and, but he came, Jesus came as a servant to serve. So let's look at 10 reasons from the Bible that serving is relevant for you, <laughs> in case you didn't think so already. Uh, number one, I was created for, serve, for service. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece created for these good things that He has planned for us long ago. Number two, I'm saved for service. Galatians 1.15 and 16 says, God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that i might preach among him among the gentiles this is paul speaking about how the fact that god created him and called him from the beginning and into this mission and into this call that he had on his life hmm. We're on number three. <laughs> I'm called to service. Therefore, I am a prisoner for serving the Lord. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Doubling down on this concept of, of how God has created us this way and saved us this way and, and created us in a way that he's got good things in store for us. This is for you as well. God has created you specifically, very, very suspe- sus- specifically for good things Number four, I'm gifted for service. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Use them well to serve one another. Number five, I'm commanded to serve like Jesus. Matthew 20 says this, Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Think about that for a second. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ himself, didn't come to be served. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He didn't come to serve. He he, he didn't come to be served. He came to serve. Hmm. And we're supposed to serve like him. Number six, my church family needs my service. Galatians 6.10 says, Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Especially to those in the family of faith. We're going to unpack this here in a, in a minute here, but there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an emphasis on serving people in your family of faith. Number seven, serving is true worship. Romans 12, one says, "'And so, dear brothers and sisters, "'I plead with you, I plead with you, "'to give your bodies to God "'because of all that he has done for you. "'Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, "'the kind he will find acceptable. "'This is truly the way to worship him.'" This is true worship, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice to do all the things that God is calling you to do. This is the true form of worship for you. True form of worship. As a worship pastor, I'm often you know, reminding all of our teams as well that, that worship is not music. Worship is a form of worship that we are using music with, right? Music is a form of worship. But this passage is saying, let your whole bodies be a living sacrifice for everything that you do, not just your voice, Number eight, serving makes my life meaningful. Mark eight thirty-five. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. And first Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. If you've been drifting in your life and you find yourself just spinning your wheels and having a lack of sense of purpose or meaning in your life, I want to encourage you to really double down into, the, into an area of service. Because the moment you start serving, you start realizing there's meaning. Because your meaning is actually comes from serving others. If we just serve ourselves, we run out of meaning pretty quick. And number 10, I will, re- I will be rewarded... Sorry, number nine. <laughs> number nine, I will be held accountable for my service. Romans fourteen twelve, and then on to 18, it says this. Yes, each of us will give a personal account to God. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God, and others will approve of you too. So then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. We're going to be held accountable for the, the areas of service that he's challenging us in. Number 10: I will be rewarded for my service in eternity." Matthew 25:23 says, "The master said, "Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. And so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. This is a parable that Jesus was telling about how people's service in this world and faithfulness to God actually has an eternal consequence. Eternal consequence. I'm gonna give you one bonus one here. And Pastor Sean already brought this one to us here this morning, but I think it's one of my favorites for sure. Galatians six, three. It says, if you think you're too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You're not that important. That's right out of the New Living Translation. You're not that important. I could just close with that, but we'll we'll do a couple more things. Wouldn't that just lift your spirits? You're really not that important. (laughs) <laughs> but it's clear to us that the Bible teaches that that this service that for this service we are made to serve we are called to serve we are saved to serve we need to have a heart to serve you know one of the passages we just looked at I think is a key scripture that's you know worth doubling down on in Matthew 20 it says whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Even Jesus came to serve. That should blow our minds whenever we read that. Absolutely just shake our world and our worldview. The fact that Jesus came to serve. God came to serve. It's amazing, and how humbling that should be for us. Jesus' example was not just one of this token servanthood. He wasn't just a leader that was saying, well, I better look like I'm serving so that I could be a good example to people. That's not how he approached it. He came to serve. He washed their feet. And yes, it was a good example for them, but he came with the heart of a servant to lay his life down for us. Jesus Christ as a servant, is the, it's this incredibly counterintuitive idea. Jesus is God. He created the universe. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. He came to serve us. He came to serve you. He came to serve me. He recognizes our failures and our sin, and he came and sacrificed his own life for us and for me and for you. And I think that you serve what you value most, right? Jesus came to serve us. It shows what, where he, how much he values us. So what do you value? Do you serve yourself? <laughs> do you serve your job? Do you serve your bank account? Do you serve your entertainment? Do you serve your hobbies? Do you serve your church? Do you serve your family? Do you serve your God? Jesus came to serve you. That's what he values most. So he sacrificed everything else to serve you. Do you have a heart to serve? A heart to serve is an attitude and a sense of love for Jesus and others. It's not about the position that you're serving in. It's about the disposition that you have as a servant. If he came to serve, what are you here for? Your disposition of servanthood is more important than your position of servanthood. As we continually welcome more and more new families into our church and our kids programs are seeing more and more uh, people coming downstairs. You know we're going to be challenged and are stretched in our in our work to be able to serve them all. And we have seen this, and even in in as we, as we track our attendance and our online viewership, it's been very consistent. Downstairs, in terms of the and the check-ins for all the children, and even while the auditorium attendance is going like this, so it tells us that the people that are coming are always bringing their kids, and which also tells us that we need to really double down and invest in that in those ministries down there, because there is such a great opportunity for those kids down there. But it takes people. It takes servants. And I think that if we want to grow as a church, you need to grow as a servant. Every moment of discipleship requires someone with a servant's heart. Think of it this way. If you're attending today, right now, in this moment, you're consuming someone else's service. Even if you're here serving in some role, you're consuming someone else's service as well. And as a church, we need to be contributing and not just consuming. Amen? We need to connect, grow, and serve. We, we, we want these things so strongly, these three elements, connect, grow, and serve, that we've organized our job descriptions to, to orient ourselves that way. So I want to question, and I ask this question, are you connecting? Are you growing? And are you serving? And as we look at serving, my question for you in this moment is, how has your growth translated into that next step of service. What are you contributing to the Lord's kingdom, to his mission? What Are you consuming or are you contributing? This is a good challenge for us. And so I've given you the biblical case for why serving is so critical to your position as, uh, with activity as a believer in Jesus. There's something that you really need to pay attention to, and there's this, this difference between learning versus growing. Right? So we've learned some things about what the Bible says about serving. But if we learn these things and and then stop there, it doesn't culminate into action. Learning is something that leads to contemplating. Right? You contemplate an idea, that's learning. But spiritual growth culminates in action. Are you growing? Or are you just simply learning? <laughs> Think about that. Growth is when what you've learned translates into action learning doesn't change the world (laughs) learning doesn't change the world simply learning doesn't see new people come to jesus simply learning doesn't invite revival that's why our values aren't connect learn serve they're not that right it's connect grow serve connect grow serve and when we first look at these values, they kind of appear to, to kind of simply go in a, in a linear fashion. And so there's a, a, a few diagrams that we're going to throw up on the screens here. And, and the first one just talks about, shows that it's kind of a linear process, right? So you, have, you start with connect, and then you go to grow, and then you serve, which makes sense, right? You connect with Jesus, you grow in Jesus, and then you're serving Jesus. And then you're, you're connecting with your church family, then, and, and you're growing with your church family, and then you're serving with your church family. But Another passage from earlier says, Galatians 6.10, says, therefore, when we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. Now, your local church, our family here, is a key part to your spirituality. It's a key part. And and Scripture seems to actually indicate that there's a, a higher priority on serving when it comes to the context of your local church. That might be a little bit controversial. But the Bible says here, especially to those in the family of faith, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. This talks about serving your church family. So this process from connecting to growing to serving, you know, seems to be this linear progression. But I'm going to suggest to you it's actually a cycle. So we'll, we'll, we'll jump to that one here, this next diagram. Connecting, growing, and serving and I think that as we, can, as we go around this cycle, we, we will connect and then we'll grow and then we'll serve, which allows us to connect even deeper and then grow in even deeper and serve even deeper. And then the cycle goes around and that we become so much more invested in our church, so much more invested. We're going to jump to this next one because I'm going to run out of time. <laughs> but I really think that the serving actually allows us to create multiplication. So this one's a little confusing, but just hang with me. (laughs) If you look at the center, we have I connect, I grow, I serve. And then you see a red arrow. And I think that the red arrow just, you can think of it as a so that. So that I connect, I grow, I serve, so that others can connect. So that others can grow. So that others can serve. And it goes around again. And so that many can connect. And many can grow, and many can serve. And then as you go out from there, the, your community starts getting impacted, then the world gets started, starts getting impacted. Your serving creates the multiplication process. Serving allows the message to expand past my reach. When I serve here, when you serve here, it allows others to connect and start going through that cycle as well, to connect, grow, and serve. And, and that's why we want to serve together here in our local church and why it's so important. If you, if you serve on Pastor James's welcome team, you're allowing new individuals and families to feel welcome. You're allowing them to connect. If you serve on Pastor Jen's kids' ministry, for example, you allow those children to connect and to grow. And you're allowing their parents to connect and to grow here as well. These teams are critical to our Sunday morning services. And I want to just share with you a, a couple of stats here for our serving ministry. If, if you actually added up all, because I have actually added up all the hours that people invest on, for, during the week for the purpose of our Sunday mornings, you'll see that there's about 40 people that serve on any given week, and it's 130 hours of service time. 130 hours among 40 people. And that's not including any staff time. That's not the pastors or anything like that. That's everybody from the cameras to the sound to the worship team to the kids' ministry. It's 130 hours. And then if you go on and you add up all of the midweek programs, if they all happened on the same week, which they don't always, but if they all happened on the same week and you add that to our Sundays, then it's about 80 people serving 250 hours. 80 people. Now, there's quite a few more than 80 people in this room. And that's, that means that there's some opportunity for growth in our serving areas, right? Many of our volunteers have been serving unceasingly through COVID. And I just want to mention a couple people here. I know um, I don't... I, I was hesitant to whether or not I was going to do this at all, because I feel like there's so many people on our teams that, that are worth mentioning. But uh, Kyle Robinson, has, has all the way through COVID, he worked with our tech teams to, to design and build our streaming setup. And, and he's also always helping with the food, and that's why he's not here today. <laughs> he's up at Nanus cooking food for the youth. And he's the, he's the kind of guy that, that just is always serving all the time. And his family comes along with them. So, Karen, she, she helps with the check ins downstairs. And even though she's a staff member as our bookkeeper, she's also serving all the time in the kitchen with Kyle. And Lily, their daughter, comes along. She helps with doing childcare during events like yesterday with our parenting workshop. And, and that's a family that's, worship, that's worshiping through their service together. Um, mike henwood is another who has been always helping with the sound tech and running sound and then he's on stage as well so he's i gave him the day off because we were short a couple of people he was supposed to play electric but i said you've been serving constantly so just have a day off and and so i just want to acknowledge him as well there's other families as well we've got um you know greg he's up here he he helps with our our uh, video directing and helen his wife is helping with the online uh, stream this morning, so if you're online with us here this morning, you're seeing her type in and paste in those comments and things like that. And there's just so many others. Justin and his sons, they're up there serving today. And uh, one son helps up there. One son helps downstairs with kids. And it's just amazing to see those families working, serving together. Kyle and Christine are on cameras all the time. Charles and Michelle are here with us this morning serving as a family. It's so amazing. You know, we we're adding all kinds of new people as well, and busy people. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not serving because they have a whole bunch of extra time. Um, our, a lot of the time on Thursday, and Charles is going to have to forgive me, but Charles has to leave our Thursday practices early, fairly often. Um, but it's because he's on his way to work. And he's, so he works nights after Thursday practices, pretty much every time he's serving. And, and that just, it hits me so hard. Because if, if we don't understand his work schedule, I don't understand the sacrifices he's giving in that moment. I could just think, oh, he's just leaving early because he's feeling like he's bored or something. <laughs> but again, he's, he's, he's our star parking lot guy, and he's our star on Pro Presenter too. So I appreciate you and, and Michelle as well that's helping on cameras today. Anyway, we're running out of time. I want to just show you a quick list of all the positions. Let's pop that up. This is all the positions of, uh, that are available for serving in. And if you take a quick look through that, I don't know if you can read it if you're a bit farther away. Make sure it's up online there for our folks there as well. There's a lot of opportunities for serving. You see at the top of the list under midweek ministries, kids night leaders and helpers. That's a ministry that isn't happening right now because we don't have the people. It's not because of a lack of opportunity and a lack of demand. It's because Pastor Jen decided we're not going to burn out all of our volunteers because we don't have quite enough to really double down and invest in that enough right now. So it's on pause. So if you'd like to serve in any one of these areas, I want to really challenge you um, to ask this question, how do I fit in? First question that you need to ask yourself if you want to know how you fit in is... What are you interested in? That's a good place to start. What are the things that you're interested in? Another one here, you can take the shape assessment, which is, a, which is an online quiz that you can take. And if you go to callwoodchurch.com shape, you can kind of fill all of this stuff in, and it allows you to see how God has made you. And it allows us to see what types of experiences and interests that you have in ministry. And, and I think the most important part that you can ask as well is ask where the needs are, ask where the needs are. And, and there's just so many things that we're doing in our church that need your help. And, and I, I won't have time to deal with all of the things that we're doing out in the community as well, but I just want to mention quick that, that I've been spending the last year focusing on building relationships with many different organizations, um, such as the, the Goldstream Food Bank, Our Place Society, um, Pacific Center Family Services, One-Up Single Parent Resource Center, Prison Fellowship, Victoria Pregnancy Center, uh, the West Shore RCMP Restorative Justice Program, school breakfast and lunch programs, and Youth for Christ, and and there's many more there as well. And these relationships are where we're building the opportunities for our church to dive into in the community as well. So when you sign up to serve, you can go to callwoodchurch.com slash serve and sign up, and you're going to be, and let us know what types of things you're interested in, and then we will put you to work. Because we want to serve... Jesus, together. I'm wearing this shirt today and it says live here, love here. And this is kind of our serve philosophy for our whole ministry and not only for within our church but with outside of our church as well. And because we live here, we're going to love here. We're going to serve our community. We're going to serve our community. Let's close together. Why don't you stand? And I want to really just ask you to put your heart in God's hands let's just invite the Holy Spirit right now in this quiet moment God we approach your throne with humility we know that as a part of this connect and grow we need to be diving into the serve area as well. We just know that you have good things in store for us, Lord. And as as we grow and serve, we will connect more deeply with you and connect more deeply with our church. And we will grow more deeply and we will serve more deeply. And I just thank you for those things, Lord, that you are placing in our lives and in front of us, Lord, to serve you in. Let's pray that as our church approaches this next season, that we would hear your voice. Lord, by your Spirit, speak to us right now. It's by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. So if it, I want you to just think about what God might be leading you to serve in. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, if you'd like to find out more about how you can serve, I would love to talk to you. I'm going to be back here in the Welcome Center as well, and I can sign you up to serve. I can help you get access to the Shape Assessment to learn about how God has made you. And then also, if you have questions about how to download Zoom for the AGM tonight, I can help you with that as well. So why don't you just have a great afternoon, and and our members and others that are interested, we'll see you tonight at the AGM at 6 (laughs) o'clock.